welcome to Girls in the Neighborhood. We are podcasting again out of fabulous KG Studios in Parker Square Flower Mound. Hey, Angela. Hey, Timmy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know we were actually, we had three guests today scheduled. And what happened? Yeah, and we have one fabulous guest today. Actually, a VIP guest, a VIP because without guest. this guest, we would not be sitting here. That is true. That's a good teaser, it actually, is. for yes. our studio. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that. But, um, yeah, so you were in charge of a guest, yes. and I was and in charge they are here. And <laughs> yeah, Angela's guest made it. Um, but let's face it, it's gonna, it'll make more sense in a minute, but it was pretty easy for um, that person to be here on time, right? Um, my two guests, I told them today is a September day, and I gave them an October date. <laughs> Which isn't even on a day that we have scheduled <laughs> it's to record. It's a Friday. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and in my job, I'm a real estate agent, and, and my job is to pay attention to details. So, here's, here's what happened. I have been working very, very hard. It's been very, very busy. And I spent all my detail pay attention to on my fabulous clients. So, there you Yes, go. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's hop right to it today. Let's do it, man. Um, so, uh, we've got today Tim Kintz, president of the Kintz Group. Really creative on the, you know. the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Went all out on the name. Yes, president of the Kintz Group. Uh, and you're also um, a best-selling author. Amazon um, on Amazon for Frictionless yes. is one of your books, but then you have another book. You have two books. You, you're an author. Yes. Did you ever think you'd be an author? No, I didn't even read books. I, I was <laughs> <an author>. Right. <laughs> so you've got two two books, and and in front of us there are uh, there's another version of the same books, and I I'm really ashamed to say I don't even know what language that is. Is it Russian? It is. Yes. Wow. Okay, I should look Angela. Thank you, but I'm going to be honest. I, When I was reading up on Tim, I know that he's been to Russia to do some trainings, uh, so as well as Puerto Rico and lots of places, right? So, Tim, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Sometimes um, the, like, the booby prize, because everybody else didn't make it, so. <laughs> Already on the calendar. You were scheduled. So Timmy texts me and says, "Call me ASAP." This was this morning, and I call her. I'm like, "What's wrong?" Like you never want to get that message of "Call me ASAP." Um, And so she told me. I said, "That's okay because we've got Tim, and then we'll we." We talked about our new uh, Amazon segment that we're going to be doing, yeah. so that's exciting. But uh, let's talk more about you, Tim. So we are in your studios, KG Studios, uh, in the offices of the Kins Group, um, which we said you're the president of, and this is your business. Um, and this hasn't always been, I want you to tell us about what you do, but also we're going to talk about how this this wasn't your plan in life. Um, you had dreams of um, being a major league baseball star or being a player or what is it a star? Depends how good you are. Yeah. <laughs> what position did you play? So you, you're from Missouri. The state of Missouri. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Right. So walk us. You didn't grow up there. Oh, I've been there once. I have not heard of that either. Like that. Right. That is pretty funny. Um, so you were there, you go to, you, and you're going to junior college and you're playing baseball. Yeah, born and, and raised. Okay. Small town outside of St. Louis. 
and just was lucky enough that I could throw a ball hard and got to go to Scottsdale Community College out in Arizona. And uh, we were the fighting artichokes and our official school colors. Are you, were wait, are you wait, serious? Yes. Wait, let's back up. Fighting, how does an artichoke fight exactly? Does that still exist Depends. though? Yes. I we're need still merch. fighting artichokes. I need merch. Wow. Yes. I love artichokes. I have pictures in front of the, I got my old uniforms. The, we were the chokes. Oh, it's good when you play good, right? It's no big deal. And the actual official school colors are pink and green. Because there was a bunch of hippies in the 60s that didn't want athletics. So they made the mascot the artichokes and made the official school colors pink and green. So everybody had different colors. We were blue and white. We were red, white, and blue when I first went. The girls' softball team was burgundy and gray. And everybody just kind of did their own thing. And oh, wow. Now they're green and gold, I believe. Oh, green and gold. <laughs> yeah, I gotta look this up. That's um, amazing. I yes. love that. That would be my colors. The pink and green. Yeah. And I like how you guys kind of turned it to the chokes. Yeah, you gotta be confident. Yeah, man. Right? yeah that's, that's a cool. You're gonna be in touch with your feminine side. You gotta be good to go with it. That's right. <laughs> if you're good, it doesn't matter what they call you. You could be the banana slugs from UC Santa Barbara, I believe. That's just as bad. That's a thing, too? That's a thing. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's Where all these things come from? That sounds fun. They, I'm going to look up merch. They're more unique than the kids' group. No, okay, but the kids' group sounds fancy. The kids' group sounds distinguished. It really does, and I like the Z in it. I know. Yeah. Just like our girls in the neighborhood. Put a Z in it, but here's... You actually already had a Z. Yeah, yeah I had no We're choice. adding the Z. Actually, the Russians did background check on me. No way. Because I'm supposed to go over there. We just got our visas to go over and do some training over there again. And and I'm actually flying to Philly. We got 35 Russian dealers coming in uh, next Wednesday. But they did background on me, and because they said, "Where's that's a weird name. Where's it from? Are you Russian?" I'm like, "No, it's, I think it's Bavarian. We found my great great grandpa." Great, great, great grandpa Jacob Jenkins was the stowaway from Bavaria to New Orleans, and they did some deeper research. The Russians which is scary. did, and uh, they mm-hmm. found one of my ancestors owned a brewery in Russia pre their civil war, and uh, it was the beer of lovers. Huh. And their claim to fame was they were the only brewery that didn't use child labor. Oh, who knew? I didn't know anything about it. Now I got the beer logo and all that. Yeah, hell, beer. Bavarian, we got pretzels, and we have beer. I want it. That's all you need, really. (laughs) I want to see that logo. Let's see. Let's, well, can we see that little go a little later? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see that. That's awesome. awesome. That's really cool. And so you learned all this uh, from the Russians. Yeah. (laughs) How many times have you been to Russia? Twice so far. Okay, and you're supposed to be going again. I am. Okay. We got our visas, so okay. now it's all nice. this bullcrap that we're going through and to figure out how to get there. So let's tell everybody what you do then, because we've talked we'll talk about what oh, you yeah. did do, and so yeah, now, okay. So, so I went, played college baseball, Arizona for three years, transferred to Cal Baptist University in Riverside, California for a year, and was lucky enough I got invited to Alaska to play summer league baseball up there. They have college College kids play summer, they invite you in. You gotta have can only have four guys per per university, so it's not organized and they get your host family, you play baseball at night and they get your job during the day. And my job was washing cards at the Honda Acura store and I got hurt again and I was old. I wasn't gonna make the big leagues anymore. That part of my dream was over and my buddy's the starting third baseman for the Boston Red Sox, starting two all star games, making sixty two thousand five hundred a year. 
And I'm watching cars for guys making 150, 200,000 a year, thinking, yeah, you know, minor league baseball. It's really not that. It looked really cool on Bull Durham, but it's really not that cool because you're making 800 bucks a month during the season. And I decided to try to sell cars. And, you know, I always joke around with the car business. Nobody grew up saying I'm going to be a car sale. No. I mean, it's like Denny's, right? You never make reservations, just kind of end up there two in the morning. <laughs> or IHOP. It's kind of the same thing. You just kind of end up in it. And I don't know, just work my way up from sales to sales manager, GSM. GM went to a NADA a dealer academy back in Virginia on how to run dealerships. And then we had a winter up in Anchorage that was 38 below, I think it was, for like two weeks straight. So. And it was, I was done. Christy, my wife was done with it, so we're like, let's get the hell out. I ended up applying for a training company, and I truly hated public speaking. I didn't like anything about it, because I didn't like it, right? It's the number one fear in life. What, what was it? Oh, it's because you're number fear. one fear in yeah. life. I mean, everybody yeah. has no. Most people would rather be really? the dead guy in the so casket than the one standing up talking about like, it. You're talking to actor people that <laughs> right. love talking. We love right. talking. But it's so the number one fear. Most people would rather yeah. be the dead That's guy true. in the casket That's than the true. one talking about wow. how great the dead guy was. But it's, I started doing that. I figured, you know, do what you fear and you'll conquer your fear. Okay. Right? And you just take the plunge and 13 years I did that, traveled, had fun, left, got bored with it, it was Groundhog Day, it was like concerts, we did seminars in, in hotels. And, you know, it's Groundhog Day. They're tired of saying the same thing. So then I went and ran a buddy's Ford store up in Tulsa and my wife helped me decide that we didn't like Oklahoma. No offense <laughs> to Oklahoma, but that was, Tulsa wasn't our place and we still had our place here in Highland Village. Okay. And, um, I started the Kent's group and, and how long ago years, was that? Seven years. Seven or so. years. Okay. Yeah. Kind of by accident had some buddies call me up saying, Hey, I see you're not at the dealership anymore, you want to come train us while well, you're figuring out what you're gonna do when you grow up. And oh nice. Then So it's kind of accidentally on purpose. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's more it's more consulting and training. It's not just holding seminars and lighting people's hair on fire and right, having them go back and figure it out. It's going in the stores, working shoulder to shoulder with guys and actual implementation not just you guys you've been to Tom Ferry or any trainer and you get a lot of knowledge but knowledge is dangerous knowledge isn't power in sales knowledge is dangerous you get a lot of knowledge you think you know it oh yeah I've heard that yeah but can you do it at full speed there's a difference between having knowledge and having skills so I went to uh, Tony Robbins Mm -hmm. when he was in town a couple years ago and you're right that's exactly what I was thinking of when you were telling your story because I went Oh my goodness, I was pumped, you're energized, you got you got all of this ambition, momentum going, and then what do you do? You yeah. pay to have it's like the dog that caught the car. You pay them to get more from them. Yeah. Pump you up and it's the dog that caught the car. Dog yeah. has well, a car and it's like now. Well, you don't because a lot of people don't. Money. A lot of people don't. They yeah, either right? time, money, whatever it because is. Because a lot so. of them say it didn't work. No, you didn't have the discipline you, to execute what you learned. And it's not always discipline, it's how many of us were taught goal setting, planning practice skill development in school. No, they teach us a bunch of crap we'll never use right. in life in school. And, yes. you know, obviously, school's great. I gotta say that, I got an 11 and 12 year old. Sure. <laughs> gotta get good grades. But I went to college for four years. Stayed eligible to play baseball all four years. Not enough credits to get a two year degree. Really? Anybody can get a degree, that's right, not a deal. Right. How many people can do what I pulled off? Right. That's. That is pretty. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. I'm just here for baseball. That's it. But man, it's it's what you decide to do. Look around. Just next time you take a walk through 
the mall shops over at Highland Village or anywhere, just look around and look how many people are existing and how many people are succeeding. Sure. Right? We spend the first 20, 25 years of our life dreaming big. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna dominate the world. We're gonna we're gonna do great things with our lives. And then they spend the next 60 years of their life existing. It's it's time to make the donuts, come home, same routine, no drive, no passion, no vision, no purpose, right? Purpose-driven life, purpose-driven career. What is your purpose? What's your, what are you shooting for? You know, most people don't shoot too high and miss it. Most people shoot too low and hit it. And that's why we have this culture of complacency. And and that, that goes over into the, wor- into the workplace. It's too. So, I mean, it's everywhere, but. But right now, I think we're in a bigger culture of complacency than I've ever seen. I'm an old guy, and man, I believe right now, if you want to succeed and you want to kick ass, right now is the best time to do it, because I think you have less competition than you ever did. Yeah, less competition, right. People are staying home and not working, becoming Netflix masters, getting their degree in Netflix and PS4. I have that degree. Yeah, so, but you're also doing something, right? There's, recreation's critical. You got to do it, because the key word is recreate within recreation. You got to recreate yourself, otherwise you start dumbing down. And if you don't refresh, recreate, recharge, and shut the mechanism down for a while, yeah. then you start dumbing the mechanism. That's that's interesting you say that because before we started today, I went out to your walls um, and a, a couple, off, obviously make it happen, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, make it happen is uh, I want to do, I want to be a part of podcasting and do podcasting and, and uh, when I can't join them, I create it. Um, and Angela's the, the, the same way. She's, we're perfect co-hosts for each other. But um, here's one. Execution. Stop talking and put it in the work. And I see that just exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I myself do it. Um, that we, we dream big. We have these dreams. And then we don't put the work in to do it. Why do you think people don't put the work in to do it? Discipline. Mm-hmm. There's multiple reasons, right? Okay. Some people are lazy. Yeah. Some people don't have discipline to stick to it. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are fear of failure. Okay. Or fear of success. Some people oh. are fear. They have fear of success. If I keep succeeding, then I have to keep succeeding and succeeding, and success is expected of me. And I just want to kind of fly under the radar and not be noticed. There's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of other people that have fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I don't succeed? Well, what if you do? What if you do? It's, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it does work? It's, it's, it's not the decisions in life you regret, it's the indecisions. And so many people have a lot of ideas, a lot of things they want to do, a lot of things they want to achieve. Do it, ready, fire, aim, right? So, so often they wait for the perfect time to do something. Perfection's the enemy of progress. Yes. There is no perfect time. If you wait for the perfect time, it's never going to happen. We completely agree it's, with it's, that. Some things so in life, it's ready, aim, 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 fire, right? Some things are fire, ready, aim. Just go out and do it and figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. But it's... But so uh, not everybody can, can do that. No, well, can. They can't. They can't. I'm sorry. They, they just can have to do decide it. to do Well, yeah, and there's, there's different factors because everything that you talked about, I mean, I've faced myself. I've... I, um, I've been a top producing agent um, in my office, and 
I, I get what that means because every year, uh, I wasn't last year, wasn't for 2020, but um, I'm on track this year. So, and I will, I will, I will, I will be. Sure, you um, said it, so it's real now. I, I said it, it's real. Yes, um, and I just happen to be number two in the office right now. I'm just going to throw that out there. Not that I'm bragging. I'm just, you know, con continuing to look at that that carrot. Um, but I've been there where every year it's happened. I'm like. Oh shit! Oh, sorry, Daddy. Um, oh shoot! <laughs> I, I've got to do this again this year. You know, so it it, it is. Um, it, it does give me a little bit of stress, but instead of letting that stress drive me to the ground, I use that stress to drive me. Turn stress into adrenaline, right? Turn nerves into adrenaline. It's people ask me if I get nervous when I get up and speak in front of a lot of people. Hell yeah, I do. I'm yeah. nervous because these people are getting ready to give me an hour or two days of their life, and I can't waste it. So hell yeah, I'm nervous. If I'm not nervous, that means I didn't prepare and I don't care enough about the people that I'm talking to. It's now I need to take those nerves and, and turn it into adrenaline and transfer my enthusiasm, right? The sale is made when you transfer your enthusiasm to the customer. Whether you're doing a seminar, whether you're selling a house, whether you're selling a car, whether I'm selling a watch, it doesn't matter what it is, it's, it's, it's all about enthusiasm. You're so right. And the last four letters, mm -hmm. I, I, A, S, M, I am sold myself. You have Ooh. to be sold yourself and be able to transfer that to other people. But, you know, sales is, it's hard. Sales, you're, it's zero to zero. Every month you start So that's what I was going to say. It is. And like Timmy said, like she, you know, one month she was, and then the next month it's like, oh no, I got to do it again. And I'm in sales as well, as well. And it is every month, oh crap, I got nothing now. I got but that's, get, you know. That's why for salespeople, you got, there's two parts of it. And I also, selling. why am I in, why am I, why do I do this? And it's because, well, I'm only selling what I'm actually enthusiastic and love, and that is. You got to feed so the beast and feel the future. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part of a salesperson. You got to feed the beast. You got to pay the bills. You got to you got to produce now. We can pay for production, not potential. And I don't care how good you are, or or could be. It doesn't matter. Whether you're a player, coach, or manager, you can pay for production, not potential. Bobby Bowden said that a long time ago, and it's so true in sales. And in sales, it's we get so focused on I got to sell this person now. Yes, you do, but what are you doing to guarantee you have somebody in the pipeline down the road? What are you doing, you know, in today's world? What are you doing to brand yourself? What are you doing to build that, the brand? It's never been easier to build a brand. And we've got, with all the social and everything, you can build a brand, but are you communicating in our three-second world? That's right. Right? Are you communicating what you want to communicate to customers, or are you communicating what customers want to hear from you? Mm -hmm. And we're in a three-second world. You watch YouTube. When that commercial comes on, what are you, what are you looking for? Skip ad. Yeah. Damn right. And if it doesn't pop up, what are you thinking? <laughs> Frustrated. Close that out and open up another video. That's it, right. It, it's frustration because that's the world we're in. How do I get you quick? How do I catch you quick? We have a ten, attention spans of a gnat, right? It's the average attention span. I saw something on it the other day. is seven and a half seconds now seven on the average half. American. So seven, a goldfish has a nine-second attention span. Okay. What was I just watching when I talked about a goldfish? A goldfish sees a new castle every nine seconds. That's in something that Wait, we what? just. Oh, Ted Lasso. Uh, <laughs> I think there was a goldfish. And now, oh, you, you watched watch Ted Lasso? Oh my gosh, it is so great. You have you you. There was a goldfish like analogy on it, so that's where that came from. But it's it's staying focused, keeping the main thing, the main thing, having your day plan. We don't plan to fail; we fail to plan. Mm -hmm. Right? You have good intentions every day. You come in. You know what you're gonna do. 
you, you know you're going to have a good day. I'm going to sit down, plan out my day. No, you're not, because your day punches you in the face, right? It Mike sure Tyson does. said, everybody's got to plan until they get punched in the face. And <laughs> if you don't plan tomorrow today, then tomorrow is going to get away from you. How do you remember all of these amazing sayings that you're saying? You're, you're just like spouting them off, and I'm like, oh, i got to write this down. Oh, I gotta, I'm sure they're yes. in the books, but I mean, I'm sitting here in, in deep reflection of everything you're saying when I'm supposed to be like I asking, be but I'm like, tell me more. Can you coach me? Yeah. I mean, this, okay, so. You don't get to go any direction. This is your podcast, so we get to do whatever the hell yeah, we want. Yeah, there we go. That I, I was, I was doing the same thing over here, and so I'm like, oh, I'm reflecting. And thinking, I'm like, this isn't about me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, well, I had like a lot of questions, but you, you just brought up so many different good, um, good little bits of good information. Brackets. But, but you talked about um, how it can be really applied to any industry, you know, a lot of these things that you're talking about. Anything so so you're in the car, your, your specialty is automotive car sales, uh, but if it wasn't that, what industry would you go into doing what you're doing? Real estate. Real estate. And oh. why? Because I love real estate. Your yeah. wife does real estate. She does. Yeah. But I love real I I would want to own the buildings, not sell the buildings. Okay. That would be my real estate angle. And, okay. Um, so an investor. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, we had a bunch of rental houses, sold them when the market went crazy because we could. And and um, it's rich people in the world for the most part. Mm -hmm. Real estate, they're not building anymore. And right. It's the right property. you got to define what you want to do. Like right? rentals, I didn't want, I wasn't, here in Texas, I wasn't going to do multifamily. wasn't my vibe. I wasn't into uh, condos. It's more of a transient right. tenant. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with HOA and have to have a new parking garage built and suck up all my potential profits. I didn't want any subdivisions with HOA. So single family, good schools, bottom out, two story, three bedroom, two bath. You had a really high, higher quality tenant that had families so they weren't moving the kids out of right. school. You know, that, that is, is once they get into a school, you got them for you got them. five or six years or depending how old the kids are. But I love real estate or baseball. I love baseball sure. too, but if you that could go, doesn't pay go, a lot of money. If you could go back and change change anything, would you, do you ever think, oh, if I would have just decided to do this or stayed in Alaska or, you know, do you ever no think back? Yeah. No regrets. I. Gave it everything I had in baseball. wasn't good enough to to make it to the big leagues. I I, I didn't think I was going to be. I knew I was going to be a big leaguer. But once that dream was over, that's I that, the you know windshields about fifty times bigger in the rearview mirror, and I can't drive See, down the road without my rearview mirror. I like that. Well, thing. I, have, I have to go back listen, and listen. But, but it's true though. How many people they live in their regrets of the past? Put that rearview mirror, drive down the road, go home and drive looking at your rearview mirror, not out of your windshield. Right. It's not going to end up to it. That's why so many people crash and burn and and life becomes a series of tragedies and mm -hmm. stuff. Look, we all have things happen to us. Things happen. Bad things happen to people. Bad things happen to good people. But it's how you turn your setbacks into comebacks and define success, right? Because success to you, me, and you are all different. Right. Success to my brother was different than what it was to me. He wasn't a guy that was ever going to sell, sell anything. He was a guy that was going to punch a clock and 
be smart and all those things, but raise two phenomenal daughters and that was a successful life to him. You have to define success to you and then you gotta attack the day every day. Because you piss them away, yeah. you ain't getting them back, right? Wake up every morning and say, what am I gonna do today to be better than I was yesterday? That's interesting that you bring that up, that success is different for everybody. I know that, I live by that, I, I try to live by that. Do you think that that some of us, a lot of us, fall into defining what success is to everybody else and that's the target we're trying yes, to hit? Yes, totally, sorry. No, yeah. you're right. It's what is success? I don't know. It's different to everybody. Mm -hmm. And you got to define what success is to you. If you let other people determine your direction, your success, then. And not just define it, but you've defined it and now you accept it and live in the happiness and joy of it. Yes. I think that's, we, we all know we have different, um, we have different levels of, of success or, or different definitions of it, but it is that contentment with the success, and I have to admit, I, I fall into it. I'm always worried about what someone else views as success, and, and that's the carrot that I'm running after. What's your target? you you got to define what success is, and and you got to go for it and win. Right? I always say the most successful people in life hate losing more than they love winning. I'm supposed to win, damn it. If I'm going to do something, I'm playing the game to win the game. If I lose, I'm not supposed to lose. I'm going to work my ass off figure out why I lost and what i got to do to make sure I win. Mm -hmm. Look at Kobe Bryant's of the world. Look at Michael Jordan's, any of them. They hated losing more than they loved winning. They were supposed to win. If I lose, I need to fix something. I'm not having alibis. I'm not making excuses. It's not somebody else's fault. It's not the market, the weather, the economy. It's what could I have done different to succeed? And as soon as you can put the alibis, the excuses away and put your name at the top of the list, then that's when you're going to... Is that how you is that how you process through not being a pro baseball player then? Um, how did you handle that? Handle... Um, because I, I wanted to be an actress, like full-on, full-time job. That That's what I wanted to do. Things happen in life, and, and it just, I didn't go down that road. Um, so processing through, like, here I am, 50, and that never happened for me. So what? how did you end up processing and accepting and then making, uh, knowing that the front, your, your quote, <laughs> your front uh, window was the window larger was, than the back? Yeah. yeah. Bigger than that. Well, I think it was easy for me at that time. I was 22, and my whole life was about competition, right? Everything mm -hmm. was a competition. It's There's a scoreboard for a reason. We, they didn't take the scoreboards down when I was a kid. We actually had scoreboards, and you got a trophy when you won. You didn't get a trophy because you showed up. And then I got into sales. And actually, I started selling shoes first. So the guy at the dealership said, look, I'll let you sell, but I, you need to go sell shoes at Kenny's. Remember oh Kenny's? My, yes, yes. I so I went to Kenny's Shoes. You know, I was in the mall. Yeah, and that's right. I you know, went and bought a couple cheap suits at Kenny's. And, <laughs> and every morning we would train. Before before they'd open the gates, we would train. And to me, it's, it didn't seem odd. Because, okay. well, hell, I was a pitcher. I spent 95% of my time practicing, 5% of the time pitching. And that was just what we did. And, and, you know, learning how to do the dialable pumps for weddings and all that stuff that they had. And, and <laughs> hell, I ended up, I, I was actually the number one accessory salesperson oh, wow. for Kenny's Shoes, for the Woolworths Corporation at the time. Because wow. Woolworths owned Foot Locker and Kenny's and all those. Uh -huh. 
And they had me write an article for their newsletter because I sold insoles with every shoe. Oh, my God. It was, I didn't sell them. I put an insole in one shoe and didn't put it in the other. I said, which one's more comfortable? They said, this one. I said, yeah, it's got an insole. How many other shoes do you have? And they'd buy multiple. I just, it was the Arkansas clothes mindset. You'd be an idiot not to buy those insoles. You're not an idiot, are you? And they did it. And it was, so I got into competition. So once they start... They kept track of accessory sales. There was a scoreboard. Everybody knew where everybody ranked. Well, hell, if there's a ranking, that means I want to be number one. If I'm number two, it means I'm the first loser. So I got to figure out how am I going to be number one. And I started selling cars, and we have sales boards. And I don't think I ever missed anything. It was just everything was a challenge. Customers would come in. You know, you think about car business. I mean, what do you think of a car business? You go out to a car salesperson in real life. What do you think of that car salesperson? Not politically correct, but what is your initial thoughts of what's going to happen and that what that person's like? Um, a trust barrier and it's a beat down. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you're not my car for real. No, I had an ex-father-in-law that was in the car business, so, so it was I, I don't really. People walk on the lot. They don't trust you. Yeah. No, they I think, think it's just the lie, stereotypes. Really. I, yeah. I don't. I know what the stereotypes are, but I don't believe those. But the average person, they don't trust you. They think you're going to lie to them. They think you're going to try to steal them, rip them off. You're willing to lie to them that you wouldn't lie to your doctor. You're willing to tell them whatever you need, think you need to tell them to get an advantage. And what other industry would you do that? Right. What other industry would you walk in and hate the person, not trust them, think they're lying, and be willing to lie and be deceitful um, right back to them? Real estate, it happens yeah. when you when you insurance. Need, people insurance. have that thing about insurance agents. They do. They have, yeah, that yeah. Not near as bad as car No, no, no. Yeah, not not as bad as you. Yeah. We earned it. It's well earned. So it's not like the poor us were. Yeah, victims. they talk about the used car salesman. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a, it's a thing. It's, it's, it's for the most part cleaned up because the regulation tells I feel like it's cleaned up quite a bit from, you know, 10, 10, 15 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back to the same guy now, you know, because you create that relationship. I like having a guy. Yeah. Or a girl. Or a girl. Or a girl. Yeah. yeah. I had a girl, a girl in a service role before and she was awesome and now she's a realtor. I'm like, hey, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, funny. But um, so, okay, well, we're going to wrap up, but I have one really serious question to ask you. Do you get good deals on cars? Mm-hmm. No. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> I'm going to lay down. Um, good salespeople usually are lay down, so somebody's good. If you give me good service, True. I don't care. If you know, I, I want a good deal, but good deal, what is it? It's a feeling. It's perception, right? It's not a number. Good deal is a feeling. And everybody's different. Good deal to you is different than a good deal to me. And we always say in the car business, and it's true, the happiest customers are usually the ones that pay the most. That is correct. And they see your work. It's the one that grinds your teeth off and steals it for 500 back in voice. They hate your guts and they still think they paid too much. It's just kind of how it is because you connected with them, right? It's it's a people business, not the car business. Mm-hmm. And it's. Um, cool. Just, you just have fun, man. Whatever you're doing, if you ain't having fun, figure it out. Don't chase the money, chase your passion. And when you chase your passion, money's going to take care of itself. That's probably the hardest thing. But it's that pain of regret or pain of discipline. Pain of discipline is doing the right thing because the right thing to do, not because you want to do it. And you can't wait till you're motivated to do it because you'll never be motivated. Right. Action breeds motivation. Yes. But having yes. the pain, of, the best thing about pain of discipline is the pain only lasts till you do it. The problem is there's pain of regret. Man, I wish I would have. If I, only if I would have done this. Would have, could have, should have, probably didn't. The pain of regret lasts forever. So whatever it is you choose, 
be the best you can be at it. Cool. And with that, thank you, Tim, for coming on Girls in the Neighborhood. Hey. Um, I feel ready to go. I know. I, I just want to go beat the bees. Even though it's 121, I'm going to... Yeah. 21 p.m. in the day. I, I okay, but so we're we're wrapping up here. But are do you believe that you've got to like start your day at the butt crack of dawn to be successful, or can you whatever you, whatever? I think everybody's different, and you find your most productive time. Right. And I look. There's a lot of people that swear by waking up five o'clock, doing their yoga, doing their meditation, doing that's cool for them. And some people, I wake up and. Fight my son to get out of bed and do all those things. Half time I'm on the road, so yeah. it's it's different. But I think you find your vibe. When are you most productive? Mm-hmm. Everybody's not the same. True, that's a great question. And I think once you learn, and once you accept that as well, and you see that, because I know I would beat myself up for not getting up at five in the morning. Then I'd beat myself up, and then they would just be working against me the whole day. Instead of saying, you know what, this is what I do in the morning, and then I am going to kick ass the rest of the day, and I'm going to kick ass probably till two or three in the morning. Yeah, you know, because that's you better at night that's than what I do. do in the morning. So yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting, and we can talk for hours, but um, maybe we'll have you back again, or oh, we can have some. Oh, we should have some callers call in and ask questions. Yes, that would, that would be, so be amazing. Fun. That'd be great. Yeah. So everyone listening to this podcast, yeah. just uh, get awesome. prepared with your questions. And go on and uh, check out uh, Tim's books, uh, Fearless and Frictionless. Uh, they can get them on Amazon. Absolutely. And, and if com, and, and if you are looking to podcast or do any um, other sort of video, audio recordings, uh, KG Studios, uh, located in Parker Square in Flower Mound within the Kins, the Kins Group. Yeah, website so, will be up and running. Pretty soon. Right. We will get that. We'll make sure to get that website in the notes here on this podcast. And what an awesome day it turned out to be yes. with fabulous Tim Kent. Appreciate you being here. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And All right. with that, it's a wrap.